The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. C. diff, spores, and more is brought to you by Clorox Healthcare, trusted solutions for your infection prevention needs. Visit us on the web at CloroxHealthCare.com. Welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with your hosts, Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandrabali Ghosh. We're here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here are your hosts, Nancy Kerala with Dr. Chandrabali Ghosh. Welcome to C. Dips, Boys, and More. I'm your host, Nancy Kerala. Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh is unable to join us today due to previous scheduled engagements. We would like to thank our sponsor, the C. Dips Foundation, for making the show possible, and we welcome and thank our listeners for joining us today. Today is our guest, Shelby Lapp. Infection Preventionist at a local university hospital in North Carolina. Shelby is, certi- is a certified infection control nurse and is a certified professional in healthcare quality through the National Association of Healthcare Quality. Shelby has held a var- variety of positions in infection prevention and is currently an infection preventionist at a university hospital in North Carolina. So at this time, we'd like to welcome Shelby. And Shelby, thank you so much for being with us today. Nancy, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure, and welcome back. We're just so glad that you know that you're here and going to be discussing uh, home environment, maintaining infection control at home while treating a C. difficile infection. And just to um, you know, rebrief everybody and our new listeners, maybe you can wouldn't mind taking a moment to um, explain how a C. diff infection is transmitted or spread from. Per- Person to person. Sure. Um, Clostridium difficile or C. diff is shelled or dispersed from the body, typically in stool or feces. Any surface, device, or material such as commodes, bathing, bathtubs, electronic rectal thermometers, etc., that becomes contaminated with stool may serve as a reservoir for the C. diff spores. C. diff spores are transmitted between people, mainly on the hands of someone who's touched a contaminated surface or item and then touches a person. One very important thing to remember is that C. diff spores can live outside the human body for a very long time, months, in fact, and they can be found on things in the environment such as bed linens, bed rails, any bathroom fixture, and certainly medical equipment. C. diff infection can spread from person to person on that contaminated equipment and on the hands of healthcare providers, your doctors, your nurses, etc., and family members and visitors. Thank you so much, Shelby. We appreciate all that in- great information, and it's very important that people do realize how long a C. diff spore can uh, live outside the body. 
Um, with that, we'd like to know who is most likely to acquire and get a C. diff infection, Shelby? There are definitely people that are at higher risk. Anyone can get a C. diff infection, um, but the risk for the disease significantly increases in people who have antibiotic exposures. People who are taking antibiotics are actually the at the highest risk for developing C. diff infections, and the risk goes up if they're taking broad-spectrum antibiotics those that target a wide range of bacteria, or if they use multiple antibiotics or take antibiotics for a long period of time. Another high-risk population, of course, is the elderly. A CDC study recently released um, back in February of this year found that in the United States, one out of every three C. difficile infections occurs in patients 65 years or older. And two out of every three healthcare-associated infections, C. difficile infection, occurs in patients 65 years or older. Um, So that tells us that a large majority of patients developing C. diff infection are the elderly. Um, And not only is it more likely in the elderly, C. diff can be much more virulent or um, have much more severe effects in the elderly. The same February study uh, released by the CDC showed that in the United States, more than 80% of deaths associated with C. diff occurred during, for in those patients aged 65 years or older. Other types of high-risk populations, um, although again, antibiotic exposure and the elderly are the two highest risk groups. Other folks, such as those having gastrointestinal surgery or manipulation of the intestines, um, are at higher risk. If they, if people have long lengths of stay in healthcare settings and hospitals and long-term care facilities, or if they have a serious underlying illness which immunocompromises them, um, cancer, folks getting chemotherapy on drugs that suppress the immune system, etc. All of those populations are at higher risk. Well, thank you, Shelby. And, and yes, um, we understand that people who do have a compromised uh, illness and compromised immune system and the elderly are all uh, at high risk. And of course, you and I both um, can't say it enough about the antibiotic usage and, and knowing the right dosage and viruses are not to be treated with antibiotics. Absolutely. Now, what are some of the things that nurses and doctors are doing, Shelby, to prevent C. diff infections, say, in the hospital? There are a lot of things going on um, in the hospital and otherwise, and I'll address the hospital first. Um, One of the things that they're doing is, of course, tracking the C. diff infection rates. This allows an understanding at the local level within that hospital of where and when C. diff is occurring so that more intense prevention efforts can be implemented um, and, and focused in those areas. Now, some hospitals are required to report to their state or national data bank so that agencies, such as the CDC, can analyze those data at a regional and national level. This, this really helps to do several very, very important things. 
It helps to drive C. difficile prevention efforts by eliciting support for specific antibiotic resistance prevention programs across the nation. Programs like this can improve both antibiotic prescribing as well as infection control practices. It also stimulates research for ongoing and new innovations in technology to combat the disease, such as a vaccine for C. diff, as well as it enhances our our knowledge of the human microbiome and the human body's relationship with microorganisms. Another thing that healthcare providers are doing in hospitals is cleaning their hands with soap and water, not using alcohol-based hand rubs with C. diff patients, but certainly using those with other non-C. diff patients um, before and after caring for every patient. This, of course, the hand washing can prevent C. diff and other germs from being passed from one patient to another on their hands, which is one primary way that these organisms are transmitted. And then also, they're carefully cleaning hospital rooms and medical equipment that have been used for patients with C. diff. We have a long ways to go to understand fully exactly what we need to be doing, but there's a lot of research going on right now with usage of UV lights, um, advanced hydrogen peroxide solutions, et cetera, to help us learn what's the best way to really clean these rooms and medical equipment between patients. Another thing that we do in hospitals is using what's called contact precautions to prevent C. diff from spreading from patient to patient and to healthcare worker. Um, This basically means is that whenever possible, patients with C. diff are placed in a private room or if they have to share a room, that it's shared with another patient who has C. diff also so that they're not, it's not a non-C. diff patient with a C. diff patient. And then healthcare providers, when they go into the room, they should be wearing gloves and an isolation gown over their clothing while taking care of patients with Clostridium difficile. Visitors also may be asked to wear a gown and gloves when they enter the room. And then when they leave the room, both the providers or healthcare workers and visitors should remove their gown and gloves and wash their hands at that point. Patients with own contact precautions are asked to stay in their hospital rooms as much as possible. They really should not be going to common areas such as the cafeteria or gift shop, um, coffee bar, etc. They can go to other areas of the hospital for treatments and tests because those healthcare providers are taking precautions, wearing gloves, washing hands, etc. while they're being transported as well as when they reach those other areas like radiology, the laboratory, etc. And then one of the things that there is a lot of work going on around uh, going on with right now in hospitals is concentrating on giving patients antibiotics only when it's absolutely necessary. And the program for that is called antibiotic stewardship. Studies are showing more and more every day that hospitalized patients get antibiotics um, most hospital hospitalized patients will get an antibiotic at some point during during their hospital stay but 30 to 30 to 50% of antibiotics prescribed in hospitals are unnecessary or incorrect so again a lot of work is going on in each hospital to look at that 
to understand what their prescribing patterns are and to really help to focus that so that it's the right antibiotic, the right amount for the right amount of time. Lots more work to be done on that. Exactly. And Shelby, thanks so much for sharing all that. And before we take a commercial break, let me just ask you uh, this. Shelby, when you talk about all the prevention being done in the hospital, couldn't we implement that in the home care, like the clean their hands and um, the, you know, wearing a gown when necessary uh, and trying to keep the patient in their own room and using their own lavatory? Well, there are definitely things that can be done in the home environment and should be done, although we have to be very practical and use a lot of common sense around that, that those practices. We don't want to restrict patients to the point where their quality of life suffers, um, but at the same time, we, we definitely want them and other folks to be safe in the home environment. Um, one thing I do want to mention, Nancy, do we have time before we go to break is for me to talk about what's going on in doctor's offices? You know what, we're going to take, we have um, okay. only a couple of seconds. I think it'd be great if, Shelby, if we break, take this time to take a commercial break. And when we return, then we can pick up the discussion in, in doctor's offices. That and sounds good. We, we thank you so much for this. And we'll be right back after this commercial break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join us on September 20th in Atlanta, Georgia for the 4th Annual International Raising C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo. Visit the C. diff Foundation website at cdifffoundation.org for event details or contact the C. diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 for additional information. Again, the website is cdifffoundation.org. Transformational healing includes energy medicine as well as hands-on healing. Tune in every week to Transformational Healing with Dr. Bonnie Morrow. If you want to know more about the business and science of energy fields, chakras, and the medical and spiritual community, join our expert guests as we work together to bring you closer to your personal health vision. Transformational Healing is heard live every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again are Nancy Karala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Welcome back to C. Dip Spores and More. I'm your host, Nancy Corrala, and we thank you for joining us today in our today's episode, Home Environment, Maintaining Infection Control at Home While Treating a C. Diff Infection. Before break, we were discussing C. Diff Spores, C. Diff Infection, the mode of transmission, and who is most likely to acquire a C. Diff Infection with our guest, Shelby Lasseter, Infection Preventionist who we are greatly appreciate being here today to discuss the ways we can prevent the spreading of a C. diff infection, both in the hospital and at home. Welcome back, Shelby, and thank you so much for joining us. 
Thank you, Nancy, very much. Um, pleasure's all ours. And uh, um, before we took a break, uh, thing about all the ways that um, the healthcare providers are addressing preventing the spread of C. diff in the hospital. And we wanted to pick up with uh, what can be done uh, visits at the doctor's office. Absolutely. Um, Long story short, a lot of the recent studies are suggesting that patients are picking up C. diff in non-hospital environments, um, places like doctor's offices or dentist offices, etc. So there's some things that those healthcare settings are doing to prevent transmission of C. diff, and there's some things that I'm going to encourage us as patients to do when we visit our doctor's or dentist office. Um, First of all, everyone should be cleaning their hands, um, often using alcohol rubs, but certainly if someone comes in comes in having diarrhea or reporting diarrhea, they need to be washing their hands. And that's something that we can do as patients to advocate for ourselves, asking if we don't see them washing their hands or decontaminating with alcohol hand gels, then we need to be asking them to do that. Another thing that is going on is, again, antibiotic stewardship, Um, looking to make sure that physicians and providers are ordering the right antibiotic for the right amount of time. And then things we can do as patients is make sure that we're very compliant to that antibiotic regimen. We don't stop taking the antibiotics early. We take them as prescribed, and we never, never share them. Those kinds of things are very important Um, after your prescribed antibiotics, but always talk with your doctor and discuss the necessity for antibiotics, making sure that they are necessary and not treating like a, as Nancy mentioned earlier, a viral syndrome like a cold or something like that. Um, Also, when you go to the physician's office and dentist's office, wash your hands before and immediately after you leave your doctor's or dentist's office. You may pick up germs on tables, on chairs, etc., where you're sitting and, and resting. And then things you, other things you can do, bring your own reading materials. Those magazines in doctor's and dentist's office have probably been there, as we say in the South, since God was a boy, and have germs all over them. So I strongly encourage bringing your own and don't pick up their bag, magazines and books there in the office. Um, also, if you have children with you, don't let them play with those toys that are sometimes in doctor's offices. We're getting better in healthcare about getting those toys out of there, but don't let the kids play with those. Um, in other healthcare settings, cleaning hands, the environmental hygiene, again, cleaning surfaces well, and antibiotic stewardship practices are also critical in preventing C. diff infections. In long-term care facilities, there are certainly some challenges around that because elderly people don't often or can um, often not present with typical signs of infection, so it's really hard to know when they should be treated and when they shouldn't be treated with antibiotics. Um, many of them are colonized in their urine, and it makes it very, very difficult to determine whether to treat or not. Um, so all of those kinds of things add in to making sure that you stay safe and prevent C. diff infection in the physician or dentist office, um, and certainly any kind of healthcare care office that you attend, be it dermatology, um, any kind of specialty practice like that. 
that those principles apply. Thank you, Shelby. And and it's true. Germs are everywhere. And the biggest thing is the hand washing. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Shelby, in regards to having uh, been diagnosed with a C. diff infection and our listeners are, you know, survivors and patients themselves, their biggest question is, can family and friends get C. diff when they go to their home to visit them or even when they visit them in the hospital? Great question. And while it's certainly possible for anyone to pick up C. diff infections, C. diff usually does not occur in persons who are not taking antibiotics or have some other significant risk factor, as we talked about earlier. Visitors are not likely to get C. diff for the most part, but still, to make it safer for visitors when you're in the hospital, there's some things that they should know. They need to know to wash their hands before they go into your room and when they leave your room. And then check with the nurse to see if they need to wear the protective isolation gowns and gloves when they go in to visit you. Then at home, there are a couple of things that you can do. Of course, ask your friends and family not to visit if they're sick themselves because, again, if their immunity is all is altered in any way, they're a little bit higher risk. So visiting you can increase their risk of getting C. diff in that situation. But they should be in good health, and if they are, then it would be fine for them to visit. And again, all visitors and household members should wash their hands before and after contact with being around you and then um, in your environment. Right, exactly. And and Shelby, here's another big question is how um is it safe for the infants and young children to visit uh, anyone diagnosed with a C. diff infection? Generally, yes. Of course, there are some precautions. If the baby or child is sick, I would recommend delaying the visit until after the baby is well. And then not sharing personal care items. Of course, you know, Kids can sometimes grab your cup and drink behind you. Try to avoid sharing utensils and drinking behind each other, those kinds of things. And then, again, the most important thing you can do um, is wash your hands well before and after contact with the child. Okay, that's really important, and thank you for sharing that. And another thing, Shelby, is um, if your if the patient or the loved one's um, spouse or significant other or child is sick at home, can he or she acquire the C. diff infection? In this situation, there is a slight risk of spreading C. difficile to a spouse or others living in the home who become ill. Again, hand washing, hand washing, hand washing before and after contact with each other and following good personal hygiene practices. Don't share personal care items. Certainly don't share toothbrushes. Again, eat or drink behind each other with the same utensils before washing, etc. And all family members and visitors, again, should wash their hands frequently and well. Um, when coming into contact with a person who has C. diff. And if they come in contact with any of their personal clothing, um, bedding, those kinds of things. Right, exactly. And Shelby, can you explain to the listeners why alcohol-based hand rubs and the gels and the foams are not effective with C. diff? Absolutely. 
Soap and water are more effective than hand sanitizers at removing or inactivating certain kinds of germs, like C. diff, um, norovirus, and cryptosporidium organisms. The reason for that has to do with the, how these organisms are made up on a cellular level. For Clostridium difficile in particular, they form spores, kind of like a hard seed, as a way to survive a hostile environment. Think in terms of it's hy- the germ is hibernating in a strong space capsule that lasts for months and months and months. That's your C. diff spore. These spores are not affected by alcohol rubs. The alcohol rubs don't kill them, don't affect them at all. And actually, soap and water don't destroy these spores either. But the mechanical action of hand scrubbing with soap and water and then rinsing well with water helps to physically wash the spores from the hands. Okay. And do uh, does the household need to have special hand or bath soaps? No, as I just shared, the soap actually doesn't kill the organism. So special soaps, antibacterial soaps, antimicrobial soaps are not going to destroy the C. diff spore. Again, that mechanical washing with, with regular soap is fine. If you use liquid hand soap with a pump, um, actually that's the best way to prevent contamination of the soap, but make sure the container of that is one that is disposable or if it's a reusable soap container that you're cleaning that out thoroughly at least once a week, if not more often, preferably in a dishwasher on the sanitation cycle, and you include the actual pump device in in that as well, simply because the C. diff spores, as well as other germs, can accumulate on that pump and in that soap and be dispensed every time you go to pump the soap out. So taking those few precautions um, are the biggest things that I would recommend. Who would even think about that? Not many. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's true. We don't even think about the pump soap. Okay. Well, before we go to break, um, Shelby, we want to know, will you be able to join us after break? I will. Okay, fantastic. So why don't we take our break now, and then after that, we can come back and you can continue sharing all the information about the home and the environment and infection control with our listeners. So we'll be right back with Shelby Lasseter, infection preventionist, and you are listening to Seat of Spores and More. Thank you, and we'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Biohacking for Health is working with your individual biology to gain access to and control over the systems within your body. It allows you to explore your biology and improve health and wellness. Each of us has unique genetic profiles and physiology that require individualized approaches. On Biohacking for Optimal Health, Dr. Daniel Stickler and his expert guests provide a roadmap to navigate the world of biohacking human potential. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Join. 
Join us on September 20th in Atlanta, Georgia for the fourth annual International Raising C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo. Visit the C. diff Foundation website at cdifffoundation.org for event details or contact the C. diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 for additional information. Again, the website is cdifffoundation.org. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again are Nancy Karala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Welcome back to C. Diff Sports and More. I'm your host, Nancy Corrala. We thank you for joining us today and in our, our episode, Home Environment, Maintaining Infection Control at Home While Treating a C. Diff Infection. Before break, we were discussing C. Diff spores, C. Diff infection, the mode of transmission, and how to prevent the spreading of it with mostly hand washing. We thank our guest, Shelby Lassiter, infection preventionist, for being with us today and discussing all this information with us. Welcome back, Shelby, and thank you so much again for joining us today. Thank you, Nancy. Oh, you're welcome. And Shelby, there is such a large amount of information to share with our listeners uh, in regards to preventing the spread uh, of C. difficile in both healthcare and outpatient centers and, and at home. And now another really important topic and one close to many of our listeners is the pets, you know, the animals that live with us in our homes. And the big question is, you know, we have pets. Can they pick up C. diff and can they also give it to the, you know, to the patients? Yes, excellent question, Nancy. And one, two, very close to my heart. Um, Yes, pets can carry C. difficile. Dogs, cats, rodents, reptiles, and amphibians are all capable of transmitting Clostridium difficile. The types of C. diff found in pets are often the same types, genotypes, as those found in people, including some of the epidemic strains of C. diff. So it makes sense that C. diff could potentially be transmitted between people and animals. Some animals are more prone to getting C. diff infection or disease. Um, Dogs, for example, are a little bit more... um, um, able to to get a to get infection from it than cats are, but again, it is still possible to transmit them um, between ourselves and the pets. So, um, but that said, it's best to err on the side of caution and consider C. diff transmissible between pets and people. And there are some things that you can do to make that safer for you and your pet. I do want to say. Absolutely, you can keep your pets. There's no reason to get rid of your pets. I know if somebody told me I had to get rid of my dogs, it would be um, it would be horrible for me. The health benefits of owning pets are generally considered to far outweigh the risk. And so with that, let's talk about a few things that we can do to make it safer for Fido and for us. First of all, you want to wear protective gloves to clean aquariums and cages. Again, you typically do that anyway, and good hand hygiene before and after with hand washing. 
Always wash your hands very well after pet contact. Discourage face licking by pets. I know my dogs like to lick my face if they get a chance. Avoid contact with exotic animals. Um, They carry a lot of germs. Regularly clean and disinfect your animal crates, cages, feeding areas, and bedding. Locate your litter boxes or trays away from areas where eating and food preparation takes place. Certainly remove those from your bathroom. Um, And sometimes, depending on the specific situation, you may even want to make sure your litter boxes are not in your bedroom. Um, If someone is having a lot of diarrhea and is incontinent and they're bedridden, then having the litter box there in the bedroom is not a good idea. And again, definitely remove it from your bathroom. You don't want it in there. Also, thinking about bathrooms, keep your dog out of the bathroom. Um, I know mine want to accompany me everywhere I go, and they would certainly go into the bathroom with me if I let them. And make sure that they're not drinking water from the toilet. Um, That's a way that dogs can pick up the C. diff organism as well. If you're immunocompromised, Wait until your immune system has strengthened before acquiring a new pet if you don't have one and are thinking about getting one. You want to make sure that you feel strong enough to bring a new pet into the home, do the training, um, et cetera, that would need to be done. Um, So if you are feeling weak and immunocompromised, then don't just wait to get a new pet. And then, of course, make sure that your pets are well vetted. Schedule them for vet visits regularly, making sure that they stay healthy. Um, And, again, good hand washing at all times before and after coming in contact with your pet. Exactly. And, Shelby, thank you so much for sharing that important information. Uh, People and patients with pets, like you say, it outweighs the benefits of having the pet, uh, no need to get rid of their pets. And um, in following what you just said, all the information um, will keep both uh, their pets and themselves safe. So... I'm going to ask you, Shelby, is um, when someone is home, uh, a patient or uh, anybody diagnosed with a C. diff infection, when they have a caretaker coming into the home or home health aid uh, to help them bathe or get dressed, do they need to wear a gown and gloves um, it not at all times, but it certainly depends on the situation. Um, for example, if you're if some if the person with C diff is having diarrhea and the person coming in to help is helping them clean up after a bowel movement, they certainly need to wear gloves and to cover their clothes to prevent soiling in those situations. Um, obviously, if they're changing bed linens and the bed linens are soiled, that would be another time that they would absolutely need to wear gloves and uh, some type of protection, an overgown for their or or barrier on their clothing. Okay, that that makes a lot of sense too. Another way to protect themselves and to protect the patient. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so how should the uh, soiled laundry, uh, including the clothes, be washed at, at home? Good question. Um, basically, you can wash regular clothes with regular laundry detergent on a regular cycle. 
Now, if the clothing or linens are heavily soiled with stool, then you want to do a few extra steps. First of all, you want to handle them as little as possible and certainly not, you know, like shake them out and aerosolize any organisms that may be on the the linens or the clothing. Um, and that would just further contaminate the environment. Um, you want to take those, handling as little as possible, wash them separately from clothes that are not soiled. Wash them separately in detergent and bleach and in hot water. Now, I do want to reiterate here that the hot water is not going to get hot enough to kill C. diff spores because it takes full steam sterilization to kill those spores. But the hot water can help to clean better and activate the detergent and bleach a little bit better in those situations. Okay, that's great to know that. And and Shelby, when um, there, someone and the loved ones are cleaning their home, are there any recommended products that should be implemented during this time? Um, In any setting, all surfaces should be carefully disinfected with a product that contains chlorine bleach. Um, C. diff spores cannot survive routine cleaning products that contain bleach. Um, One thing I do want to mention that if you're mixing your own bleach, it's got to be done mixed every 24 hours because non-commercial preparations will break down over time. Um, And if you can use a commercially prepared solution, they're more stable. Um, If you need to mix your own, there are some bleach recipes for bleach solution on the CDC website. And if you go to www.cdc.gov and search for bleach, you'll find those recipes for that. And I'll just throw in a reminder here from a safety perspective, never ever mix ammonia and bleach because it results in a gaseous chemical that can really be hazardous for you if you breathe it in. Also, yeah. a very good resource to for a list of EPA registered disinfectants against uh, that disinfectants that are effective against C diff is on the cdifffoundation.org website, and that's just cdifffoundation.org. Now, when you're thinking about cleaning, too, the two most important rooms or areas to keep clean are the bathroom and the kitchen. And that's important to to let people know if you've got people coming in helping you clean, you'll need to inform them of how to clean and with what um, as they come in to clean. And they need to understand um, how to clean the areas and to take care of you. Some other tips for cleaning that are important, of course, is to use disposable cleaning cloths and paper towels, again, disposable items. If you have to use reusable cleaning cloths, use a clean one each time and launder in hot water and bleach after each use. When you're cleaning a surface, wet it well with the bleach solution and clean it using really good friction. Then allow the surface to air dry. Don't wipe it clean. Because the bleach needs to have what we call contact time. And that has to sit there in a wet fashion until it's air dried to completely be effective against the C. diff spore. 
pay special attention to areas that may be soiled with stool, such as the toilet and sink in your bathrooms, um, in your bedroom, your bed railings, those kinds of things, if the person with C. diff has been incontinent. Um, and, and again, you want to remove the visible stool and then clean, as, as I described, with letting the bleach solution sit there until it air dries. For dishes, they can be washed by hand with soap and water or washed in a dishwasher. And again, additional tips are on the CDIF Foundation website that you can tap into. Thank you, Shelby. Thank you for all of that. And um, we only have a minute left. And um, is there anything, a closing comment that you'd like to make at this time, Shelby? Um, One thing I'll mention, Nancy, is that it is very important for those that have C. diff to communicate that in any healthcare setting that they go into. Um, Your doctor's office, you may be seeing a specialist that may not know you have C. diff. Your dentist, your hospital or a clinic that you visit Anytime that you need to give a medical history, you need to let them know that you have C. diff disease, um, dermatology, etc. So make sure that you're communicating that. Um, also, if you have a home health care provider, um, one of the questions I get often is, should they be wearing an isolation gown and gloves? And I addressed that, I think, a little bit earlier, um, but definitely they should have PPE supplied by the home health care company that they work for that they should be bringing in and using in the home situation. That's right. And it's all um, infection control and how to keep everybody safe. And Shelby, we can't thank you enough for joining us today on CTIP Spores and more and for sharing the important infection prevention information that everyone can put to use during a C. diff infection and in many different settings. We thank you again for, and we appreciate your participation in creating uh, this um, educational infection prevention episode and raising C. diff awareness for healthcare providers also. And we will be right back. Stay tuned for a message from our C. diff Foundation's registered dietitian, Karen Factor. You're listening to C. diff spores and more, and we'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Join us on September 20th in Atlanta, Georgia for the 4th Annual International Raising C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo. Visit the C. diff Foundation website at cdifffoundation.org for event details or contact the C. diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 for additional information. Again, the website is cdifffoundation.org. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again are Nancy Karala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. 
Welcome back to C. Diff Spores and More. I'm your host, Nancy Corrala. We thank our listeners for joining us today in listening to today's episode, Home Environment Maintaining Infection Control at Home While Treating a C. Diff Infection. Before break, we had our guest, Shelby Lasseter, infection preventionist, discuss everything from infection control, C. diff spores, C. diff infections in home and healthcare environments. If you missed any part of today's episode, you can always return to the Voice America show page, access the archived programs, and listen to them at your leisure. Caring Factor is our registered dietitian. Chairperson at the C. diff Foundation and co-author of Nutrition, Managing Meals to a C. diff Infection. She was unable to join us today due to previous scheduled engagements, but has the following message pertaining to nutrition for our listeners who are combating and recovering from C. diff infections. As we know, a C. diff infection is a very personal journey. No two bodies re- react the same to this infection. Each person will experience their own symptoms, their own duration and treatments, and their own recovery time, including their own challenges with nutrition during and after a C. diff infection. Keeping that in mind, here are frequently asked questions presented to Karen by patients diagnosed with a C. diff infection, among other gastrointestinal diagnosis. The first question is highly asked of Karen is, what are the first things, what's the first diet that a patient with C. diff needs to do to maintain nutrition? The first thing is to maintain hydration and rehydrate with clear liquid diets. Uh, Drinking fluids or any foods liquid at room temperature, such as water, broth, apple juice, flavored gelatin, ice pops, and coconut water. It's best to avoid beverages such as milk, caffeine, and alcohol as they're very upsetting to the GI system. Follow a clear liquid diet for three days only. When it is not possible to maintain adequate hydration due to vomiting or diarrhea, contact the physician, seek medical attention immediately, as dehydration can be life-threatening, especially in infants and children. For diabetic patients, please work with a healthcare provider as elevated blood sugars from infection will hasten dehydration. Dietary alterations will be necessary during sick days to decrease, excuse me, and one is able to maintain hydration after the three-day clear liquid diet. Advance to a full liquid diet, eating foods such as sherbet, lactose-free shakes, lactose-free milks, such as soy milk, coconut milk, etc. Follow this food plan for no more than one week. Following this diet for longer than a week can put the bowels into a sleep mode. If you have dietary complications, please contact your primary care physician and also inquire to receive a referral for a dietary consult. Always, for women who are breastfeeding and for children and infants, stay in constant communication with your um, physicians and pediatricians for nutritional care immediately. If a patient is tolerating full liquid diets, what is the next step? Begin advancing the diet as tolerated. This can be accomplished by eating five to six small meals, such as eating soup, saltine crackers, gelatin, some uh, flat ginger ale, 
toast, tea, bananas, cooked fruits such as boiled apples. No raw fruits or vegetables as they can cause abdominal bloating and abdominal discomfort. Also, go to your pharmacy, speak to a a pharmacist for guidance with protein supplements. Ask the pharmacist for a supplement that will suit your diet, preferably lactose-free. Follow this diet for 24 hours, then advance as tolerated. Because the diet should include a balance of fruits, vegetables, a meat, a protein, a yogurt, and complex carbohydrates such as a bread, cereal, or pasta. What kind of a diet does a person with C. diff need to follow? Keep in mind that there is no such C. difficile is an infection, not a long-term disease. However, it can be battled for a long time. There are certain foods that a patient with C. diff can try, such as poached or soft-boiled eggs. No hard-boiled eggs as they cause bloating and discomfort. Tuna in water is okay, but not in oil. Boiled foods are okay, but not fried foods. Avoid spicy, fat-free foods that contain alestra or orline, which can cause abdominal distress. Limit caffeine as it irritates the GI system and has a diuretic effect. Avoid all sodas except flattened ginger ale, and that can be accomplished by putting um, a half a cup of water in the ginger ale, eight ounce of ginger ale, and stir with it. Spoon, and um, you can limit your intake of fats such as butter, oil, and mayonnaise. Recommend recommend using cooking sprays when cooking. Then advance is tolerated to unsaturated fats such as olive and canola oil. To review this list, please go to the CDF Foundation website www.cdifffoundation.org. And look under the category nutrition. What is recommended as a normal form of probiotics that can be ingested during an active C. diff infection? Please remember that probiotics do not cure nor treat C. diff infections. They are a supplement and they are not regulated under the FDA. Natural forms of probiotics can be found in your grocer's refrigerator, such as low-fat yogurt, kefir made by Lifeway, which have 12 live cultures and are gluten and lactose-free. They contain 11 grams of protein and are available in 14 flavors. Other foods with natural probiotics are fermented soybean paste, kombucha tea, and it is available in your health food store. Make sure any of these contain live active cultures because they help repopulate the gut flora and with good bacteria. So what is a good balanced diet for a patient with C. diff? There is no specific meal per se. It is also what the patient can tolerate. Recommended is number one, soup, because soup is good food in its great nutrition and maintains hydration. A simple example of a soup recipe that is chicken, 
noodle soup, which is made with the white meat chicken, one cup of noodles, three carrots cut up, two stalks of celery, and no onion. You can also buy this in uh, a grocer's shelf ready-made supermarket soup mix. And it's a good remedy because soup, it also has, the chicken soup has a medicinal um, history to it. This is a balanced meal because it offers a protein, a carbohydrate, and broth for hydration and vegetables for nutrition. We thank Karen for sharing this important information with us today as nutrition can be such a challenge during any gastrointestinal diagnosis, especially during and after a C. diff infection. We would like to take this moment to thank everybody for making this program possible. As we close, we thank you for joining us today and every week, and we look forward to providing you with the opportunities to listen and learn from our guests when we return to live broadcasting in September. After this episode, we will be taking a three-month sabbatical. We dedicate this and every episode to fellow C. diff survivors worldwide and to every patient and their families combating C. diff infections. Never lose hope. And remember, none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. And we will keep trying to do that together. We thank you very much from the C. diff spores and more family. And we wish you a good day. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your hosts, Nancy and Dr. Ghosh, again next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. C. diff, spores, and more is brought to you by Clorox Healthcare, trusted solutions for your infection prevention needs. Visit us on the web at cloroxhealthcare.com.